go. What's really going on, everyone? Back again with another episode in this new year, 2024. Happy New Year to all. Once again, it is Noah joined with Mackenzie and Henry. Before we get into all of the latest news and topics that we're going to discuss today, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. That is WRGOPod at Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You will find Henry has been cooking up some amazing uh, new graphics. We're trying to some new stuff, so be sure to check all of that stuff out. Be sure to like, listen, and subscribe on all of our streaming platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, or what I like to say, I think what, what we should just say now is wherever you get your podcasts, because we're everywhere. I think that's what I'm going to start saying now. Yeah. Mackenzie and Henry, <laughs> Happy New Year. How are you guys? Happy New Year. I have to ask, when is the cutoff when you... Stop saying Happy New Year. Uh, this week, I feel like, like it's three days, really. After like January, yeah. 3rd. <laughs> that part. After like January third is okay. It's regular back to regular activity. But yet we all said Happy New Year to yeah. each other when we first saw each other. So some somebody told a lie. Well, this is the thing to our, our audience. Yeah, our audience, and this is our first kind of podcast in the new year, so it's a little different. Well, all right. Well, we'll get into food for thought. And speaking of New Year, one thing that is happening on Monday, I'm sure we'll have a special clip for this, is actually the Iowa caucus. So the Republican primary is set to begin on Monday, which is also MLK Day. You can't tell me that that is not nasty work. Uh, Trump currently holds a 52 percent of the vote in Iowa with Nikki Haley receiving 17 and Ron DeSantis receiving 16. Uh, with voting Monday, that will likely begin Trump's run to easily win the Iowa caucus, setting him up for a showdown with Biden. The one thing that I put in the back, because I like thought about this a lot for some reason over the past weekend, are we actually, have we actually thought about like that Trump will actually have a chance to like be president again? I don't think that's actually like sunken in with people. I think we kind of make it more realistic each and every time we talk. Like the fact that we have states fighting for him not to be on a ballot. And then he's went to the Supreme Court to just squash all of it. So I'm so curious, considering that those are most of his justices or they are, you know, in his favor. So it's just like, we, we've we definitely talked about it and slapped people in the face with it. Uh, I, think, I, I think we've talked about it, but do you think like the average person has like actually that's what thought I'm about, about That's it. where I was yeah. about to go. I don't think America is like, hmm, we literally have so like young thug could be running for president damn near like <laughs> that's just on the top we'll, we'll, of my we'll head later. <laughs> right that's on the top of my head but i'm just all i'm saying is we basically have somewhat of a convicted or almost convicted felon running for president yeah i mean i don't i feel like like henry said we've talked about it but honestly when you said the audience does the audience feel like he could be president for me and I work in media. It doesn't even feel like an election year. Like, I don't know. We're only so, 11 days in now, guys. I know, but still, I just but like voting like, starts in four days. Yeah, <laughs> like, it doesn't feel yeah. like an election year. So I feel like this is something that'll sneak up on people like not. Obviously, it's happening in real time and you can look it up. Like, obviously, we know it's an election year, but I don't think it'll hit people until those two are really on the stage. And honestly, I'm still willing to die on this hill. I do feel like it would be a close call. And I don't really think still that Biden can really just take away another win as easily as he might think he could. So I don't know. That's my thing. Yeah, like, that's my thing. I think it's going to be super close, and I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. And the election was close in 2020, and we knew how that went afterwards. So, like, that's, like, the main thing that, like, I'm thinking about is, like, what if Trump loses close? What would happen? But also, like, the scarier thing that I don't think, like, we talk about, and Mackenzie, you're a media, so I'd love to get your take. I feel like we haven't actually had the conversation, like, you know, natural media or whatever, of, like, what would Trump do if he actually did win? Like that's four years. So if he has to do something like he was already crazy the first time, if he's vindicated and he openly just doesn't care anymore, like what would he do? And I think that's like an interesting thought experiment of like, I think every, anything's on the table. No, I agree. And I, I feel like now that we're really talking about, it, does he even have like a campaign going on? Like just, no, it's like, so it's I was like, wrong. Yeah. That's literally, he's running on the fact that, I'm entitled to this. I should be. Yeah. I should have won. The Look how they did me. 
That's and I get that. I, well, I won't say I get that, but I see what that I understand how he's like not running on a campaign and he feels like he should just get that. But then say if you do win, say if you really are on the stage debating Biden, what are you really? You know, you gotta have at least I feel like three pillars of things that you want to like tackle if you are. He's just gonna attack Biden. It's it's me, me, and me. Those are the pillars. <laughs> like he's about. just gonna attack Biden. He doesn't have like he doesn't have any real arguing points. And then I think like that speaks honestly the to the louder I guess volume of the American people who are voting or may vote in his favor. Like, are we not chasing for some type of liberty, justice? standing as an American people, do we not want, you know, certain rights? I want to pay wage. <laughs> I want to be able to not like have to go two uh, hours away to vote. Like, <clears throat> especially as a black person, I hope we're thinking about this in a serious way, because like, I think we have the most to lose here. And a lot of us, a lot of black people that look like me, especially uh, they like to like favor Trump because of the checks, which yeah, he didn't really give y'all those checks, my guy. Like that was like a Congress and working situation. Like it just wasn't him. So it becomes he took ownership of it, and I think that's like yeah, which is why like Biden should have probably like talked about it the same. But also like I like what you said. Like given that he doesn't have like an agenda, like someone's going to make it for him and then it's a matter of like who are the people who are then going to decide like he doesn't care about anything but i do and here are the to your point henry like what rights have been coming down the pike where it's like abortions already kind of on the uh, like what's next like someone is going to make that decision and there are other people who will say like if trump's not going to do anything he'll just do whatever we want him to do because he doesn't care who are those people or what are they going to like try to be for because that's i think like the scary part the scary part of it all but we digress so as i go into the doc the next thing um this i think given who hasn't seen the i think it was what two hours and 51 minutes very long did you all watch any of this cat williams interview i think that's let's start there i did i literally watched it i I cannot i literally cannot Stan Shannon Sharp and to listen to him or even halfway entertain like I tried to watch the Kirk Franklin thing and I only seen it and just his lack he doesn't listen his lack of like just I don't know I didn't listen to the interview though but I definitely watched clips online and it was a lot yeah, I watch clips and I think instead of like having that conversation where it's like we are just reacting to the stuff that he says, which we can't verify, we don't know it's true. That's not really a productive conversation. The thing that we actually talked about in the chat that I actually thought was really interesting, and I'll kind of set you up, Mackenzie, to talk about it, where kind of how you, I think because you have a journalism background, you would kind of mention the first thing of like all the stuff that he's saying is not, there's a question that should follow that's not being asked. I'll let you explain that to kind of the listener and what at least we were talking about. I think it's a very like, which has to do with like mass media and how kind of media shifted in the past couple of years. I feel like, and you listen, I'm no Shaden Sharp fan. I didn't, I don't really know his background other than sports journalism, but it didn't seem like a journalist was sitting in front of Cat Williams because there were so many follow-up questions that should have been asked that weren't asked. Like, I remember there was one comment that he was talking about. Shannon had asked him about Taraji. And we all I don't know if you all know about what Taraji was t- talking about with the color purple being paid less and having to go through her woes as a black actress. And he had made a comment about Tyler Perry. But Taraji has said that sh- Tyler Perry was the only person who has paid her her birth. Mm-hmm. And to me that that was common knowledge. And he wasn't really shading Tyler Perry, but... That was something that I feel like should have been a push. There was a useful like, thing in saying, actually, well, she said this. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I don't know. I feel like Shannon Sharp missed a lot of, um, missed a lot of, um, opportunities to follow up and ask questions to make it more, to honestly also back up Pat Williams to give him a room, give him some space and room to, 
um clarify what he's get saying. off the train at some point yeah yeah and get off the train and just like make a point that made sense it can be factual i will not tolerate cat williams slander i do feel like he was telling the truth in some of the instances but i did feel like shannon sharp is a large opportunity to follow up and push back a little bit more and to have a more well-rounded conversation also another point my producer had on i feel like they should have kind of held the episode and then been able to like when he was talking about um, Mark Curry or talking about Cedric the Entertainer stealing material stuff, there's plenty of clips on the internet that should have been in the interview to just add more color and add more backing to Cat Williams. Because honestly, somebody that's just watching- At least it open-ended and like the internet had to do the work. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. I feel like- um... I feel like that's like a trend that I'm seeing more because I feel like um, one, I feel like all of us are watching like more YouTube stuff in general. Like our YouTube views are like our biggest growing thing right now. Um, but I feel like that's like kind of like a lost thing now where not like, oh yeah, this is us, you know, crying about how the journalism industry is like falling. But I feel like, and Henry, I'll get your take, but I feel like there's like not a lot of people who are like, not not even like doing hard interviews, but they're like, there's not a lot of like media accountability where like someone is actually asking hard questions and getting follow-ups. It's just kind of like, you're going to join a podcast with your friend and this is kind of going to be like this one side of it. There's like other sides or in terms of all these other interviews where it's like, there's this other stuff that could be asked, but we're just not going to do that. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely like, we've talked about this kind of maybe recently on the podcast to where, we pose the question like, who do we go to valid sources in the news or what is a reliable, credible source in the news these days, considering they're like, you know, even journalists aren't taking that extra step in mouth to be air quote credible. And like everybody wants to have a voice and have an opinion in this day and age of media and content. So it's kind of hard to you know, get to the nitty gritty. Like for our podcast, we try to provide sources and do our research and be as thorough as possible to be a valuable, credible source versus like, let's say again, Shannon Sharp did that interview and didn't take time to even like have follow up questions or dig through some of the information that was presented in front of him. He just kind of took it for what it is. And I think that's how a lot of misinformation is happening in this day and age. And uh, that's not to take away from what Cat Williams shared. I'm just saying, like, just because... It, I mean, to, but to your point, like, it just kind of mucks it up. <laughs> like, it's harder to... Like, if you just kind of let somebody cook for that long, it gets increasingly harder to decipher what's real and what's not. Especially, like, where I think... You know, and this is, like, where actual, like, someone who goes to journalism school is... Like, they know how to keep someone in the bound of play where it's like, yeah, this question might be very open-ended. I'm going to let you go on it. But if you, if I feel like you're getting too far, I'm going to jump in and kind of get you back on the road because a journal, a journalist or anyone who kind of has some real media experience would say like, it does me a disservice for you to kind of go from point to point without any kind of structure. Um, but I feel like we don't have that. And I feel like increasingly like, especially like in music and especially like sports where I feel like to a certain point, I think it is good that people like, I don't think Shannon's like the best example of this, but I do think it's very good that like a lot of like artists and musicians now kind of have their own platforms, but I do think they get to talk more freely about things and they have relationships with other entertainers and those, their peers who also will probably speak more freely than they would to someone from the New York times or complex. They might not necessarily have that comfortability. Um, but to, I like what you said, Henry, like if you have that platform, you kind of have to take the responsibility too. And it's like, Nowadays, I feel like more people are just saying, like, who gets the most views where it's like in the music industry it's like DJ academics. Most people probably honestly probably think he's like a journalist, but like he's just some guy <laughs> and he has the platform to just kind of do whatever without realizing that, like, no, you you just can't just say anything or have your guests say anything and just have that be unchallenged because like now that's a that's a topic of conversation. And like you can get sued for that. Like you actually can get sued if you are saying something. Okay, so you're hitting on a lot of points that I think like the speaking freely thing, what is the, um, I guess like how, like we have the right to speak freely or whatever, but like when it becomes malicious and it becomes to where you're only communicating like a, maybe a biased truth. Cause I mean, you know, that I guess that's my 
thing with the interview. Like, I'm not saying his experiences aren't his experiences. And I didn't listen. I think a lot of it was truth. I think it's just a lot of it was very much so his side of the truth. And I right. think there's with that, but like with everything. And I think uh, Mackenzie jumped in, but like that's where like the questions come because it's like a lot of this stuff, I don't doubt a lot of the stuff that he said. I think then it requires he has accountability too. And he was also in these conversations. And like Mackenzie brought up the perfect example of like the Tyler Perry one. That's a perfect setup where you're kind of hinting at this one person is not operating ethically, but the person you're referencing spoke to how that person helped them. So what are you saying? It's like, yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like, also like, I know he was joking, but like, he'll say some, like an outrageous lie, like right after, like he was talking about, he read like 8,000 books in a year. <laughs> 1440. Like, I was, I was seeing that on Twitter, like over some of the tweets and as to why Shannon Sharp maybe shouldn't have been the person or what, I don't know, but nonetheless, like, well, he, I mean, I'm not he was doing like he was doing like from what I've heard and seen, he was saying outlandish things to see if he was going to get challenged and he was never challenged. So he just kept going. Sure. But like, that's yeah, I mean, if, if you know you have it back because it just like because just like, you know, if you say something that's real and there's no pushback and then you follow up with some outrageous lie, it undercuts your entire your entire statement because then it's like if you're lying here then i'm assuming you lie in there too and okay so like funny, on some like just unk vibes of it and and i think the and the funny thing is is that i think like for shannon i think it's actually like i'm going to be personally very fascinated to see who his next guest is because i think oh, he well, has to choose that where i was about to very go. very wisely um because to your point i think what we were both speaking about like at a certain point this is only good for him because the Cat Williams thing was really entertaining. What happens when the next person is equally as kind of out there and making some like really crazy statements, but they're not as entertaining. And then it's like, oh, no, wait, they're now saying something that is just false. That's when you get in trouble. That's when platforms get shut down because someone's going to be like, you had this person say something about me and my name. And like there's a situation that happened with Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know if you all were aware where this quarterback in the NFL basically had kind of like reference loosely that he was on the Epstein list and the guy who he was interviewing didn't challenge him and he was basically making calls like I want that program shut down the host didn't combat that he basically insinuated that I was on a list with pedophiles and he didn't say anything to combat or ask him why he thinks that or why he's saying that and it's like it doesn't take much for that kind of stuff to happen but I mean, I think you're you like you brought it back to where I was going to go, because one like let's take into consideration who's hosting this interview. It's, it's Unk. this man. Don't, like he 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 just going to take it for what it is, you know, but um, he's don't got that full media training. like that's like he has experience. He I, just, I never watched. I mean, sports. I never watched. He talks show. about sports. He, yeah, he, does. he doesn't he, talk he about the wheelhouse a little bit. He's not talking about. I don't like some of the commentary. stuff was yeah. I don't like some <laughs> of the stuff I felt like, like I don't want to say real stuff but I mean but I feel, I mean talking about sports sports, sports isn't sports isn't the same but it's still like some of the stuff was common knowledge just push back like this doesn't make that's like, what I was gonna say like like again we talk let's imagine uh, is uh like I'm not I don't know uh I don't know this man personally, but I'm saying the personnel of Unk, like oh, older. I mean, they're also drinking. I mean, it's like drink champs. Man yeah, who's stuck just... in their views and ways. So, like him and Cat Williams, same age group. They can talk the same shit. They can be as misogynistic, ignorant, whatever. And they're going to have the same rationale versus like if you were to host that interview or like, I don't know, who's a who would have been a good person to have that interview? Me. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying honestly, not honestly, no. A good person would have been like Charlemagne the guy. Like, say what you want, but I I feel like Charlotte Charlemagne be pushing back on people. Charlotte, that's what I I had to, to think of I had to process what you say, but on some like same vibe. No, he, he's not perfect either, but well, I'll I, I that would have been I, better than Shannon. Who, who, because, wait, who else then that would have been able to like I say, him and still been like tempo. The same tempo, Charlemagne. Not made. with like that. Not with that following. I, I mean, it would. I been feel like, like Charlemagne could have easily been like, "Now, nah, cat, what you talking?" He pushes about? back on people. It's just it, he pushes forward. So yeah, that, that don't sound right. You sure about that, cat? You that's, sure? 
That's why I didn't like challenge what you were saying when you brought him up. So let's say he pushes back well. His forwarding, his forward leaning questions are just the problem. That's that that's would have issue. been a different conversation, and we maybe would have gained more brevity from it. Yeah, we definitely would. Because he said he made a comment that Kevin Hart was a plant, and like I don't. I don't like. Yeah, we don't have time for that. And I feel like Charlamagne really had planned because he was doing X, Y, and Z, and then we got this, and he was like, it would have just been a more well-rounded conversation. I feel like, I mean, who else is a young journalist? I mean, but but I think I think that gets to our problem. I think now is that I think like it's not going to be like a journalist. It's going to be just somebody who has a platform. So that, that, that's where yeah. I would, and I think I that's like that's a problem conversation because even our platform, when we grow and get on a bigger media uh, outlet, like we will be the validated voice for politics because we've kind of ranked in that. But let's say like a how Carisha has her thing, and other celebrities come on there because of the comfortability of having another celebrity and whatever, and be seen like most celebrity had. Celebrities have a, a YouTube, uh, a pod, something outlet to control their narrative on things. And the more we grow in these digital spaces to where video content, audio content, that's being shared more and more often, I think more people are going to get into the like speaking up for themselves or telling their own story or perspective perspectives on things. And I mean, that's just kind of the way of the world, I guess. I just think if in case... Well, not even, I'm going to take the I just think statement back. Being that I just spoke about like growing in this digital age and everybody like speaking up a content, that becomes a question of who who's these, who has the credible voices and like who is like the valued, you know, source. Because if everybody has content and is able to control their own narrative. There's such a flood of it. Right. Yeah. That's the problem. It's such a flood of content, and like the credible, yeah, you know, and the most credible sources are are not the ones that are getting like the Does views or the streams or right. Yeah, doesn't exist. Um, so we'll go from one. That was actually a better conversation than I thought. We handled that well, guys. Good for us. Um, now we're gonna go to. Um, I think we should have a new rule. I think every podcast episode, I think we should have like a bozo of the week or a bozo of the episode. We should have like an award. And then at the end of the year, when we do our end of the year review, we're going to go back and then we're going to review who is the biggest like bozo this. of the, the year. So this episode's bozo of the week is uh, Jonathan Majors. Uh, so if you have not yet seen, we put Henry put together a Is great it him or is it Megan? Actually. Megan who? No, it's him. Megan, oh, Megan good. good. Megan good. Is it him or she is it been, Megan good? It might have been last year, but this year we're on his ass. Um, so Jonathan Majors, if you didn't see... Um, the actor conducted his first interview since his uh, conviction of um, assaulting his ex-girlfriend. So in an interview with ABC, he um, annoyingly uh, called Megan Good his Coretta Scott King for holding him down, blah, 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 blah. The one thing that I actually feel like people don't actually know um, is that he did this ahead of his sentencing, which is in like three weeks uh, on February 6th. So that's kind of actually like the backdrop of this which is probably why he has been doing interviews and trying to kind of get the public perception. He's doing that for a reason because his sentencing is in three weeks, um, which will eventually decide whether he has to go to jail or not um, for this. But um, I don't know, have anything like interesting to say. I just think he is our bozo of the, bozo of the episodes. I mean, I have something to say. What is his thing with Coretta? Like, no, like not even being funny because he said it before this interview. He was saying it like... He did. He said it last year. Yeah, so I'm just like, what is his thing with Coretta for real? Like, I didn't mean to laugh, but like, just me as a man taking the, um, not context, but just taking what he's saying and just he wants assume like, assumingly we see these pictorial images of Martin Luther King and Coretta, where like she's solid, she doesn't really have a voice, she's not portrayed a certain it's just always martin and she's there she's mentioned you know so like in my head he just want a ride or die chick i guess but though and he's trying to be poetic about it by saying 
correct. He's trying to sound smart. Right. That's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But essentially, he just said he wanted a rider that that's gonna go through anything. But not even Michelle Obama. Like that's why I'm like, how did we skip all of these other I, iconic black couples that we could have gone through, and we no, went straight to Coretta? That it just made no Michelle too smart. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Michelle doesn't. Coretta was smart too. Don't do that. Okay. Uh, what I'm not. I'm not saying that because I'm about to speak on what their daughter Bernice King said, which I, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with. But what I'm yeah. saying is the portrayal of Michelle isn't like a quiet, strong black woman. So you think that he was saying that because he he needs a quiet, strong woman? I'm telling you on like on some. And that's that's kind of even if, deeper if, if, and if more you, serious. You, look, Mackenzie, on some just like if you. It, I don't know if the way Michelle has been portrayed and the way Coretta is portrayed in American history, they're and not. You also have to see like for someone. I mean, I also think Jonathan Majors is just stupid. Like it's like that it's too. Just, that too. Like yeah, we're talking. Like, we're making like, it way deeper than it actually. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I do think that the I I do think we're making it deeper. But I just don't know. Like how old is this? I just don't know or, why or we rather, keep so think, many I generations. Think, I think when you. When you are a black man and you go to barbershops all your life, you know a thousand <laughs> niggas who would have said something as stupid as, as this. Stupid like, as that. As yeah, stupid as that. And I think stupid. it's like I also, and I think this is just kind of like, and I think this is like the more interesting conversation where I think like, I think clearly in all of this, I think his imaging and all of this kind of built him up to be like the next black leading man. And clearly in his personal life and in his personal beliefs, he is nothing close to what we all thought he was where I think they built him up to kind of be like the next black star. And clearly in his personal life and in his actions, I think he's, I would honestly say, I feel comfortable saying that. Like, I think he's a person who hasn't really grown up around black people. Or I just like, you wouldn't say some you stupid literally shit just like said that. Noah, the man yeah, went like, to Yale. I don't know where he's from, but he only 34. He's not that much older than us. So like, again, he's somebody trying to like, Portray the image, and, yeah, it's, and it's, it's image, and it's it's not sticking. And it's and hollow. And it's hollow. But and you it's know, like, now that you you said that he's like, we've been putting him up to be the next big black actor. I feel like we've seen this pattern. We had Nate Parker; they were hyping him up in Columbus, uh, Columbus Short, Columbus Short. Who uh, the guy who was okay, playing so Easy also, and um, Easy E? Remember what's his name? The guy who was playing, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. he was on the shy. He was, yeah, he's mm -hmm. on the shy. Yeah. Um, and now we have Jonathan Majors. It happens. So I'm gonna I'm make a point on that after I just point out that like his daughter, not his daughter, Martin Luther King's daughter and Coretta Scott's daughter spoke out against this man, saying that uh, her mother was more than just like. A, yeah, what she yeah, was trying that, to call that her. also lessens, yeah, because that also lessens her image. And it's but then but then it's also like you don't read, you're not informed, and you're not like aware of like your own history. And you try to come across she was very guy instrumental like, in the uh Vietnam yeah. War and speaking out against that and like other peace movements. But like to the point Mackenzie was getting ready to say about like how all these leading men in the last few years have had some type of ghost in the closet come out. Let's just maybe analyze what's happened in these bigger industries with the Me Too movement throughout the last couple of years where all of these big prominent figures such as Diddy and uh, Weinstein and whomever. Russell Simmons. This, all this, them. Yeah. Russell Simmons, this Epstein list, all of these big figures who in the 90s and early 2000s and prior to our generation, like millennials, really taking grown-up roles. Um, yeah. Everything was hush hush. You don't talk about it. It's not exposed. So, to maybe to that point, Mackenzie, stuff is becoming more exposed, and people aren't willing to just shut up about things. And we're in the age of air quote accountability. Wait, what do you mean shut up about things? Like shut up about what? In terms of like, I think you know, like stuff just taking like fifteen thousand years to come out, where it was like you found out about it when somebody was dead. Now there's more data points of like I think. You know, I think if something like Jonathan Majors would happen 15 years ago, I don't think we were in that place. Like to be kind of like, all right, you gotta go. I don't. Yeah. We weren't in that place, um, which I actually think is good. I still think there are clearly, like we've talked about with like Meg and a bunch of other things, there are still so many things that point to like we're not as far as we think. Um, but Henry, I do. I do see your point of like 
this is actually like, I think a good thing that we're actually like, no, you don't, you shouldn't come back. And like, you shouldn't come back into our yeah, lives the same way you started. The question though, with like the entities in control and like, we can like, whatever, but like, I mean, it may, maybe even plays into the next conversation, the big fact we're going to go. I think it does. Because think it does. these elite power structures that are set in place let me let me set it up i think that that's that's a good look at that we're all we're all looking at the same doc here um so i think probably this to me was like the biggest story so far of 2024 uh that probably hasn't been talked about enough so um on january 5th i think it was so last week we're recording on january 11th um the harvard president uh gay she was the first black woman to ever um serve as president of harvard university uh, she resigned after less than six months into her tenure, which was overrun uh, by controversy and skepticism. Calls began for her resignation and her firing by some after a congressional hearing about anti-Semitism in higher education and calls against diversity, equity and inclusion in higher education. So there's kind of like one clip that has kind of been circulating around where a Republican woman kind of asks her, hey, is, um, you know, calling for the death of Jews. Um, does that go against like your code of conduct? And through kind of a weird back and forth, the Harvard president says it depends on the context. And they kind of took that and that kind of led to it. A lot of stuff. Um, she also took the role days after the Supreme Court set limits on affirmative action at Harvard University, which I think is very key, uh, which only uh, increased um, conservative calls kind of for, you know, less diversity and inclusion. So, um, Henry, now I will tee it up for you in terms of what this says about elite power institutions. And I think more broadly, because I think this is actually the most important thing, I think Black women in these spaces, because we don't talk about that enough. But Henry, cook. <laughs> I mean, like, to my last point, and then like speaking to this one, uh, it kind of just outlines how these air cool power structures have a way of controlling things and like pushing their agendas forward. Uh, so like, I, I don't, cause like, this was a lot of like back and forth. Cause I feel like I seen like maybe in December somewhere where she was like, she stepped down or something like that. And that I, I was like, it was a lot surrounding this. Uh, so for me personally, I just feel like if we think about the institution of Harvard and her being the first black president in 2023, <clears throat> they were going to find anything to get her up out of there. So like for this to be the reason is just like. And and I'll jump in because they added, I didn't, I didn't put this in the doc because I don't think it's actually, I think it does her a disservice to even mention it. Um, her firing, they said, was not solely because of these other things. They said they found some type of plagiarism incident from her time as a professor, which, like, brings up the question, if you were doing a valid search in this whole process, you would have found that at the beginning. So either you had it or you sat on it or you're just using anything to then get to the thing that you want to do. Because I think Harvard knew we can't fire her over this. We have to find something that makes it credible enough or passes the smell test. Um but I think, Mackenzie, I think the thing I wanted to specifically ask you is I think I think we ignore the fact that she was a black woman. And I think in terms of like how black women are supposed to navigate these spaces in which there often are none of them and they are often dealing with, you know, misogyny and, and you know, the crossroads of misogyny and racism. Um, can you speak to that? I mean, I'm not like trying to be like, oh, the one black woman speak to that. But I think in terms of like, I think that part of this story doesn't get talked about enough in that like this elite institution had a black woman and they got her ass up out of there as quick as they could. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, it really has nothing to do with plagiarism or whatever they found. It's yeah. just white supremacy being held with white supremacy. And I feel like just her being a black woman and being in that position, I feel like I feel like she was just, she was going to lose regardless. Like she was never going to complete a full term or a full year as a president um, at Harvard or any, or I won't even say any institution, but we've seen it with Nicole Hannah-Jones when she was trying to get tenure at UNC and it was some issues and it was just people moving funny and with the money or whatever the case may be. 
And I just feel like as a black woman, when you get into those situations, it's always something. It's always something. It can never just be a smooth transition. You do your job because you can do your job and you're you're good at your job. You're showing up. You're you're performing out. You're outperforming your counterparts, and you're still faced with some stupid reason why you miss the mark. And I just think about it like for your everyday woman who's working in corporate America, you could be doing well. You're doing good, and then you have your mid year review or you have your um whatever end of year review and you're sitting down with your boss and there's never been any issues up until this conversation and you start asking for a raise or you start asking to progress yourself. And then out of nowhere, they pull it up. Oh, well, you didn't respond to this email or we didn't really like how you did this. Or it's just something to hold you back from process, from progressing in your career. Oh, while you're actually still getting paid less. Hey, yeah, and you're still getting paid less. And, so, and like, to, you, to should, that, you should be happy that you're even being considered. Even you should be happy that you're even here. Um, so like not to take it off black women or nothing, but like <laughs> just speaking from experience over here, I think all of us people of color. Um not you dog not to do all lives matter, <laughs> people of color in this. What? What? I'm laughing for so many reasons right now, but to my point, um, I like we all we're all going through that struggle in these corporate institutions, and I think that's just the unfortunate thing because like, just so easily they get the upper hand because of a skin pigmentation, and like nine times out of ten my resume is better my work ethic is better and to Mackenzie's point like we're doing the work and getting half paid and all of those things and it, it it's disheartening especially in this day and age but it also like just goes to show you like the game we have to play mm -hmm. and it just kind of like makes you question what does like you know, equality look like for us as Black people in the end when we are never necessarily in control of like... Yeah, and and I think... No, go ahead, Megan. Well, what I was going to say, though, to push back, like, speaking on Black women, the thing that is different that, like, yes, we're all fighting. All of us, all Black people are fighting the same fight. But the thing that women also have to deal with is, I've heard this so many times, like... Like, it's, you seem mad. You don't seem cheered. Like, you don't seem happy. McKen seem like, like, Mackenzie, again, I'm not trying attempting to minimize your You issue. are. Let me finish my point. Like, it, well, I can only speak from my perspective. No, no, no I, I've, I really have seen that. And this is really not even just with Black women. Like, I've seen it with women in general. And men will be like, just very much more so on your attitude and what you like, how you look. Like you didn't respond to that email, so you didn't seem happy. Like it's just like, why do I have to be happy? You're supposed to be like, why happy? can't have, work can't have in the meeting? Yeah. Why, why do I? That's what I'm saying. I don't. I'm not trying to minimize your point because those same things have been asked to me. I have a stoic face. I sit like this most of the time. My natural That's face. You, <laughs> you don't give a shit. I'm not saying that, but Henry, why aren't you smiling today? It's everything like consistently. So like, I'm, again, I'm not attempting to minimize your point in that thing. I'm not. Because like maybe you get it to a 10th degree that I haven't experienced. I don't know. But what I, I am saying, huh? I, that, that's true. It's just true. It is. I, I really, I really, I personally believe that. You can't tell me that's not true. Okay, I'm not finna give Ada. But 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 then to your point, Henry, I'm not it. here to minimize your experience. No, go ahead, Henry. I'm done with my opinion. <laughs> All I'm saying is, um, the 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 lady at Harvard definitely maybe experienced a lot of like pressures in which we all experience as black people of color or a minority in these corporate power institutional places. And it, again, I think my overarching point, not to like, again, minimize what you're going through or not, 
combated or whatever. <clears throat> it's just to like speak to the larger of like, who are these people who have the power and control and like for black people, minorities, people of color, so on and so forth. What does equality really look like when we're always having to like, like I'm going to have to cheat another black person for me to get ahead a little bit. Like you get what you mean? Like for her to win, she's going to have to turn her back on us a little bit. What that, do you mean? That's what I mean by the bigger question of these power structures in place. They, Wait, they, what do you I, mean I would, turn your, what do you mean turn her back? I would, I would change your, I would change your framing. No. I would change your framing of it because I don't think it's a matter of um, the way I view this whole situation. I don't think it's a matter of like what equality look like. I think it's a matter of like, I think we as people, granted, we went to an HBCU. So like, I think this is, we have a different tinge on this conversation. Um, I think this Harvard situation brings light to the fact of like, we need to stop viewing these white institutions as the beacons of success because they are not for our success. Like they're just not. And when it's like we can talk about part of like corporate America because like, no, but I, no, but I would agree. But what I'm like saying a... is that, but what I'm saying is that, like I think, like when you talk about like, oh, this person went to Harvard, oh, this person went here, and it's like we view that as, especially for Black people, like we view that as like the creme de la creme, and it's a matter of then I think we need to reframe our success of like, yeah, you can go to this nice place, but they don't fucking want you there. So, <laughs> what does that mean? And they I don't want you there like, as a student. They don't want you there as a professor. But I also think that then it's a matter of like that they can't be our success because they were never interested in it. They don't want us there. And every time they have the ability to showcase that they actually have a little bit of teeth in the game, they don't. And yeah, like it's unfortunate that this black woman got to Harvard and got the ax. But then it's a matter of like, so I think what we talked about last year, it's like, yeah. Harvard didn't want you. Come to an HBCU. We'll treat you right. We might not be able to pay you with, uh, as much, but so again, I think you're like breaking story. down the question. So thank you for me at least, because again, even when we go to these black institutions or work with black businesses or go to these black whatever, I'm not trying to shun us, but it's always going to be a lesser, like it's not as efficient. It's always going to be a struggle. You're going to get paid less. But then, but then, but then, that begs, but then that begs to the question of why. It's because those at the elite institutions have held us back for 300 years. So, yeah, so we're bad at this level. Deion Sanders. Level. Tell that to Deion Sanders. Fast. But the, again, my overarching question then because, or has been, the equality for us or success or however we want to cohort it, what does... Get equal pay, not dealing with microaggressions, uh, going to institutions with livable facilities and uh, having the financial just stability to live in America. Or, you know, again, all of those things just broken down into different situations, industries, whatever. But they're all controlled by the air quote same power structures, because we will argue they would argue as black people. We've been enslaved for 300 like in this day and age. I'm not like a black conservative or nothing, but like that's when I said she would have to turn on us because we have enough black money to build up our institutions, to build up our resources, to build up the finances of the black community. But we've been, I don't want to say trained or conditioned, whatever, but like we. I, the funny thing is, I would. I'll jump in. I actually agree with you there because I actually do think that one of the things that was most disappointing to me was that um, Gay, the former president of Harvard, she agreed to take a teaching role at the school. I would have wanted her to say, no, nah, F y'all, I'm leaving. Like, y'all did me dirty. You all did me dirty, and I'm not going to go back to the same hand that just slapped me. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I know it's not going to be here. You all did me wrong. I, I would have wished, and that's not to say, like, she has to go somewhere to HBCU. I just would have wished, and I think, like, I hope that, like, we do this more, is that, like, if you do us wrong, we're not going to just stay here. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I know my future is not with you all because you all did me wrong. And I wish she would have come out and said that. Or I wish she would have said, like, you know what? I won't accept that job. Pay me to leave. Yeah. No, I completely. Or, or fire me. I completely. Now, granted, there are economics behind that decision that we don't have the privilege of being able to kind of make those moves. You literally, time, but... like, that's why I just sat back and let you cook, as you would say, because. Again, as a black person in America, no matter how much money you make, 
to say fuck the system. I don't think it's saying fuck the is, system. I think it's saying that, fuck Harvard. She'd she very much be saying if she's telling Harvard University, fuck you. Excuse my language audience. <laughs> like basically, like, you know what I'm saying? But, in but her then I think to... she she works in academia or acad that's you how you, miss, said you said it right. Right. But then, that's but then her I profession. To... Where is she gonna go, Noah? She can go somewhere. No, and see that that'd be yeah, my she's key. A and maybe this is just she would have been okay. The the faith that you have to... okay. And no, she I mean Nicole Hannah Jones did it. Nicole Hannah Jones did it. And that's and, and that'd be the same. And she wasn't thing. a university president. She would have been fine. Yeah, is she working? Been... Is she working right now? I don't but know. Yes, no, I'm no, pretty the, sure. Where? Where? No, the, at Howard. At Howard. She's a school C. Oh, a C. What? Oh, good. No, no, it's not even that. It's just like, I don't even know. Like, to me, I'm super confident in myself and I have enough faith in myself. I don't need to be anywhere where I'm mistreated. If I got this far at this school, I know somebody else is going to pick me up and I'll be fine. But I will not sit at a table that doesn't want me to be there. And I feel like we yeah. do need to be empowered within ourselves to walk away. Kids, because even, I, even, even we then... We just had this conversation yesterday on some personal stuff. Like, if you, think, if you think about the context of what we talked about, we just talked about this. Yeah. So I, I'm not like... I don't disagree with you. I'm an ambitious person. I I I I walked away from some things that I thought were the perfect match. So like I understand what you're saying. However, it becomes a a, a conscious decision to like you know what I'm saying do that and then put up both. But, but even then, Henry, I think even away. but even I think that goes against that equality that you want because Harvard don't think they did nothing wrong. You ain't let them know. I wouldn't disagree with you there. Like, they didn't do anything wrong. This is how the system is working out. And they follow you, the rules. You, this you, is the system. No, you resign. Yeah. You resign. It's not, yeah, you didn't fire me. You resign. So, for, but that's what I'm saying. Where I think you it's another like, job and you took it. So, like, we didn't. Yeah. Do where I think it's in, like, if we, if we do want this equality. And granted, like, I'm just as guilty as this. Like, I think it all requires some people, especially at the top, to be a little uncomfortable. Take a little less. Mm -hmm. Don't so, do like no now we're blending the conversation because no, but, but, I, but I think that's a piece of it though. I think that's a piece of it. She would have been fine with without going back. And yeah. I think her making that statement. How do you know that? Saying, you just said you don't know this lady finances, so she, she would have been fine. She would have been fine. You okay. don't know this, yes, but like, been. but okay, but like, whatever. I believe that she would have been fine. If you're the university president, probably the number one university in the country. She's not all of a sudden going to be at your local community college. Like yeah. she would have been, but even, but even then she's got a ton of money in the bank. You don't get to that level, have that level of success without having some type of wealth yeah. and comfort. But I think she had the opportunity to make a powerful statement. I think on behalf of other blacks who will then go into these different roles and just say, we're not just going to go there. You slap us around and then we stick around. No, fuck. Like y'all did, y'all did me wrong. I can go. That doesn't mean I have to like make a big statement about it, a big speech. You know what? I'll leave mm -hmm. because this is beneath me. And I'm not going to tell what Mackenzie said. I'm not going to sit at a table that just put food in my face. Yeah, you don't that doesn't do me. That doesn't do the next yeah, person. That becomes what I point? said. Like, it becomes What's a question point? of self and moral conscience. You have to ask yourself, like, am I doing this for the greater good of my people and everybody? Like, am I going to be Monique and Taraji or am I going to be. Let's not throw another actor under the bus. Let's not. Let's not even. Right. That. That's what. I, that. I, that's what I threw my hands up. But point in case, you have few outliers who actually speak up and say something. And then you have people who work on the set with no food and you know whatever. I'm not saying. It, it, I listen. That, listen. That same concept is applied through every industry. So it is. To, it to, is. To, to to Miss Gay, that's her it name. It is, but I'm just saying. She I told herself like, over the people. She said, "I I need to make sure that I can continue to grow and evolve in my profession." And, and you can't do that at a, at another school that appreciates you. Is that what you're it's saying? It's Harvard. It's Harvard. Oh, I'm it's Harvard. I'm just telling you what she thinking. Oh, but, but, but then, but then it's like Henry. But then, oh. like, but then you're going against the thing that you say that you want. So you like Again, have I not always played the devil at devil's stop. this podcast? But you're playing the devil's advocate. Stop. You're, you're, but then you're playing the devil's I'm advocate. I'm just telling you, advocate. we are as a people are never gonna really have a fair argument of what equality really looks like because we have people like 
I don't even want to say her, but we have certain people who are always going to choose themselves over the greater good. I don't even, you know what? And the so sad when thing, we have the sad, those thing, the sad thing about this is, I don't agree that she's choosing her. She might think she's choosing. That's why I didn't to say me, her. You look foolish. You it, and it's not even to be. It's not even to be disrespectful. But if we talking about regular people, like I mean, I don't know. Listen, this was my story in real life. I found out that I was being paid less. And I sat up there and I I gave them two months and I left within a week once I found a new job. I will not stay somewhere where I'm not wanted. So if little old me can do that, then yes, I do expect the woman that is the, the president of Harvard or anybody, like, why are you staying at a place that does not want you? So at that I point, that's on you. Because the thing is, it's not going to stop here. When you do that, you take a teacher job, they going to be some more stuff. It's not like or, you're completely right. And I'll say this, this is, I think, actually the most important thing that I think people have not talked about. A large part of why she got ousted was because a couple of donors who give a lot of money to Harvard basically said, as long as she is my president, I will not give back to the school. The You literally are pit, like you like you doubling down on my points for me. Just just no, but no, 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 like, no, but no, though, no, but but let me no. But here is my oh. point. What I think is that her not taking a stand sets it up for the next person who either takes that job or the next thing that happens in diversity because she didn't take a stand. All it takes is a couple people at Harvard to then say, oh, I don't like this diversity initiative. I won't give to the school. The university has already yeah. set a track record of caving into anything that that happened. So why yeah. would they not do it again if they were never challenged on it? So and, she, and then rap, the thing is, you're going to stay and anyway. She had, and she had the opportunity to say that. And mm -hmm. I think that's it's just a missed opportunity. It's a missed opportunity to call it like it is. So and as, I think that is what I'm, and I don't even think she, to McKenzie's point, I don't think she did that selfishly. I really don't. I think she just acted. But I do think that she missed an opportunity to basically call Harvard out for their bullshit. And the thing is, we can go as far as, it, so when that does happen, because it won't stop. When that does yeah, happen and then she does finally put her hands up and then y'all want to go on and mostly on down to Spelman and Howard and all the little HBCUs and get and want a job. And that's another thing with this, even with the Deion Sanders stuff, I am so sick and tired of these schools showing us who they are. And then it's like, oh, I should go to the black schools and be with my people. Like, why do we always have to be, when you talk about equality, the choice. maybe the way we can get equality is stop thinking that we're second class. How about that? Because why are, oh. why is it always a fallback? Why is it a, like like at the beginning when we were talking about like we need to stop putting all of this emphasis on these elite institutions when we also have the proof that HBCUs produce more and more black professionals mm. than these white institutions. But yet they're still number one. We still going to go there to get the check. And I'm not saying HBCUs definitely have their own problems. But the one thing about equality. But clearly Harvard does too. Harvard does too. But the thing that I think that we could probably get to equality is first stop, stop acting like what we have isn't good enough. Okay. Great points. Um, so I think you, you I'm just going to like make. My, no more points. I'm just going to throw one out there and let y'all talk. Because to me, unless I'm like totally delusional, y'all literally be talking through it and prove my points just to like make this easy on everybody and then we go to the heads up literally black people will not gain equality until we actually take a conscious effort into investing into ourselves on every single like aspect and level so if she as a black person is willing to deal with this, then the next person, as McKinsey said, comes along after her. And they that's the thing. And, and see, I don't want to cut you off, but as a black person, one. as a yeah. black person though, and I see that, why would I want to go to an institute if you teach her? If you're treating my sister like that, why do I think that I'm going to be treated differently? Or what y'all going to do to me? She was here for 15 yeah. years. And that's also the problem because to me, that should be the red flag. Dang, they treating her like that. Let me go. Uh, I don't want to learn. But the thing, the problem is people going to be like, people think that I'm going to be the difference. I'm going to be the the uh, the exclusion or the special person where they don't do that. Then we sit at the table, they prove us wrong, and it's the same cycle. So no, it shouldn't be nobody coming up on her because why are we at this table that's already treat mistreating us? Doesn't make so, sense. 
that like again, I'm gonna just throw my plants and let y'all cook. We do not value our our institutions, our film, our clothes, our businesses, our we do not value our community, nor do we invest into our community. That's why we go to these white institutions and power structures and whatever to gain that validation and, and sense of success. Like, why did Angela Bassett just get an Oscars, an honorary one? Now, I'm not taking... Yeah. Nah, I don't crazy. know if that's the same thing. Again, all I'm saying is we have the, the money power to build up our own... You keep saying the money power, thing. but I feel like no... The medium wealth gap, but like the wealth gap between Black Americans and White Americans, like uh, if, if Oprah, Tyler Perry, motherfucking oh, Diddy, we know, all, we, of, the, all oh, of these oh, Black oh, entities oh, that actually oh, have money, God. we're not gonna do the billionaires coming saving us again. Those are the only people that actually had the money that would air quote give a fuck to invest. Oh, them you in. talking about uh, Jay Z too, the one who said we we passed kneeling? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. All I'm saying is, unless we invest into ourselves, we're never going to get the equal pays. We're never going to have to stop dealing with the microaggressions. We're never going to get equality. We're never. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think there'll be equality unless we create our own utopia. I really don't feel like. Thank you. Thank equality. you. Thank you. Heads up. Heads up. Thank you. Yeah, let's That's just all I need you to hear. It needed to hear. Okay, so shout out to the first black scientist who's going to build us that portal to go through that utopia. That's that's how we're going to do this. That's how we're going to do this. And then once we get there, Henry's going to scream out, "We got to buy back the block." And then we're going to go. We're gonna yeah, go and there. then we're going to buy back the block, and then still apply to be the president of Harvard because we need to still like. Well... Boom! Heads up. All right. So if you saw what we did, like I said, we are pumping out great content right now. This is prime season. Uh, if you don't know, fan fave, I think of all of us, Regina King will be playing Shirley Chisholm. This is one of those rare examples where I feel like casting was done perfectly. And I'm also personally happy to see Regina King after kind of all of the family stuff that she kind of had going on. She kind of was just away for a little bit, but um, I will be seeing that. I mean, on Netflix, but I think we should all go support that. Um, Let's Golden talk about Goals. that, though. Shirley Chisholm. Um a Brooklyn native, also a member of Delta Sigma Theta. But also I want to mention her because I feel like people kind of forget, like obviously respect Kamala, but Kamala stands on the shoulder of Shirley. Like she was the first black woman to run for president. It didn't, you know, obviously it didn't pan out, but these are the shoulders that we stand on and we can never forget. Like, I feel like sometimes the person who wins the award or is in the lights and getting all, getting the spotlight, we can't forget like who else was doing it People and grinding in the gym way before they even got here. Well, to, to con, 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 pop, I don't, it's 10 o'clock, I'm sleepy. Um, point is, I think that's why these movies are important and that's why they should be made and like, contrary to popular belief <laughs> y'all like always say like the the slave movies and the black movies and blah, 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 should stop being made or whatever like these stories should be told on um, jamie fox just did a movie this summer uh the burial uh, who the burial yep so like those movies or like i think we need and have to especially with uh ron DeSantis down there uh in this critical race theory we have to make these movies instead tell these stories of the shoulders we stand on because it's becoming a race a lot of people don't know uh the obamas just produced uh this rust what is it ruben rustin oh uh, uh yes yes rustin rustin um uh, yeah. which I haven't. He was kind of like in the background of everything, but he was really crucial into um, the march on Washington. Yeah, uh, he he was very involved in that uh, with my my, <laughs> my fraternity brother, A. Philip Randolph. So like, those are stories that you don't. <laughs> I, feel, I feel left out. I ain't got nobody. To yeah, like you just you see you just uh, did that because I did that. You're yeah, fine. Oh no, I really did it, but as talking through it it came up point in case though is i think my cousin attended the march on washington i don't know i mean but <laughs> hey, hey who, who am i i ain't pledged but you know hey 
That's that's word on the curb. All I was pointing out is I think these stories have to keep being told and we have to keep talking about them because if we don't, then we're going to end up in a space where that child gets left behind very far. And and I think I agree. I think I'd still kind of get tired of like the ones that only focus on us and bondage. I think the Shirley Chisholm one is a different one because that is just a story about a, a historic figure who gets kind of just forgotten. Okay, Ruby Bridges, I mean, it's all in the same mix to me. Yeah, but right. they I think to we deal need to do some type of... But the difference is this isn't then, like segregation focused or like slavery focused. Ran for president in what? Yes, but it's not the same as 12 years a slave. That's what I guess. I understand the shift in story focus more empowering. Sure. I hear you. I I hear you. I hear that. I hear that. But And and I think there's a difference between connecting us with a historic thing that happened that we're just making up versus connecting us to something that actually freaking happened. Mm Um, but also, I think this is also a time to mention that I also think people should go see American fiction because I do think we need a diversity of black stories. And I think um, obviously it's with Jeffrey Wright, who I think is a really underrated black actor in his own right. Um, but I also think everyone should check out the original person who wrote the screenplay, this guy named Percival Everett, who has written like a ton of books that all are kind of like very like black satire and I think this one, from what I've heard, takes it to like the extreme of like he's written, I think, like 20 books, all that I think are really, really good. So I think that's also a film that like we should support because it's telling a very specific story of a black person who doesn't feel like they can actually be themselves. So they have to be like a trope of what they think white people like. It's like a message there. Um, but I think it makes it funny and makes it interesting. So I think we should try to do do both. Well, yeah, my, no, American Fiction is in theaters now. I definitely encourage y'all to go see. I, I really, really, really impressed. And like, speaking of something else that's coming up in theaters, the book, book of Clarence. Um, okay, so I'm scared to say this on like a live recording, but like, I, I, I'm genuinely enthused with this movie because I've always felt the way that Clarence felt to some degree of like, oh, I can be a, a prophet. <laughs> like just whatever. That one didn't land that well, did it? <laughs> I'm letting you cook. I'm letting. I'm not jumping in to save you. So I. When you watch the trailer, you will literally know what I mean by in the sense of it. This is a black man that was going through that same time that Jesus was alive, to where he was saying to himself, "Why am I not this person, or why can't I be included in this story to some degree?" That's what this movie's about, the book of Clarence. Y'all didn't know that? That's a, that's a, that's what we call lie. the business. I was kind of lost. I, 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 yeah, I don't think I really knew what it was about, to be when honest. You that's opened a, and closed the topic, Henry. I have nothing to add here. Oh, yeah, we that's, literally, that's what it's about. That's yeah. kind of what the like idea of that movie is about. So, yeah, it did land. Y'all just didn't, wasn't here. Oh, oh okay. It didn't, it didn't, didn't land in my airport. Uh, <laughs> <moving> <laughs> didn't land in my that airport. That was actually didn't land on my airport. All right, boom. So we're going to move on now to the Golden Globes. Um, so uh, I don't really have anything to shout out, but just, you know, we always like to shout out Black Award winners. Um, so Divine Joy Randolph won for The Holdovers, a movie I have not seen, but now I want to see because she won. And uh, Ayo Iberi won for The Bear, a TV show that I love. I think she did a great job and she deserved uh, to win for that role. Um, Henry, I'll let you close it out uh, by talking about Ia Boy. <laughs> Well, nah, just um, Young Thug's trial is coming to an end January 21st. I thought that's like an honorable mention as an atl and Like, my boy is on trial right now, and it's crazy. They're using, okay, real conversation now. They're using lyrics against him, and I don't think that's right because, like, you can make up a lot of stuff in a song, or you could just be trying to play into this image. Uh, and music is art. Right. Like right. I can paint a picture and that doesn't really mean that what I painted is real or like, you know. It's meant to be interpreted, not yeah, literal. So I, I, I agree with you. I think, it, I think I think then it gets dicey when you open yourself up. I mean, granted, Tony Buck has like a lot of other issues legally, but then yeah. you open yourself up when your lyrics actually kind of do match some ongoing stuff. Like you don't I agree with you, lyrics should not be used, but then it's like, don't actually try to mimic your actual life in these lyrics, because then if the shit hits the fan, you don't want them bringing up song track three on album two. So I agree. Like, the, if this shit happened, 
Right. Nah, yeah, that's what, that was going to be contrary, like, respectfully, you definitely did some of that stuff. Sorry. Uh, yeah. That allegedly, allegedly, these people are not lawyers and they don't know what they're talking about. Don't allegedly. Who cares what I think? <laughs> Freak though, YSL for life. I, I can say that, or funny thing, I can say that too and believe that he did all that shit. <laughs> I can believe two things at the same time. He did not do that. He didn't do nothing. That's lies, yeah, bro. He's an innocent, law-abiding citizen. He really is. He really is, bro. Yeah, okay. I believe it. I believe he got it. family to take care of. I believe I'm that. sure he does. He got <laughs> to feed. Yeah. I ain't sure going out like no. I'm a oh gee. He did a lot to live that lifestyle, bro. Don't be. The, <laughs> <and> <laughs> the prosecution thinks the same thing. <laughs> The prosecution said, yeah, you paid that cost to be there. <laughs> all right, down. now. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, well, this has been season four, episode five, our first episode of 2024. As always, be sure to check us out on all of our social media. That includes WRGOPod. That means check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Now, be sure to check us out on YouTube, where you can watch all of our videos little baby in full and then be sure to check us out on all of your favorite streaming platforms wherever you find podcasts since i'm not recording i'm going to keep this in to let henry know that now it's time to end the recording so thank you